Good morning, everyone. We welcome you to our Sunday morning roundtable discussion with our subject today on unreality. We're very glad you could all join us. We are recording today from the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent, Plainfield, New Jersey, in the United States of America. And again, we welcome you all. We will start with our morning prayer. I'm reading from page 38 of Divinity Course in General Collectania, and then 165 of Miscellany. Make supplication to God daily that you may be delivered from all beliefs of sin or of sickness. And after doing this, then turn, turn to and demand of yourself to realize their unreality and recognize your power over the temptation to yield to any such an illusion. Goodness never fails to receive its reward, for goodness makes life a blessing. As an active portion of one's stupendous whole, goodness identifies man with universal good. Thus may each member of this church rise above the oft-repeated inquiry, what am I? The scientific response, I am able to impart truth, health, and happiness. And this is my rock of salvation and my reason for existing. Mary Baker Eddy. Thank you so much, Florence. All right, Karen, our watching point. Watch number 447. Watch when you work on a problem that you recognize and handle two thought digressors, namely absorption in the present discordant condition and anticipation of a return to physical comfort and harmony. Only as you see and meet these two are you left free to work on the problem scientifically. Thank you. Okay, coming. <laughs> well, ever since coming here, this is what I've been <laughs> this is what I've been working on is seeing the unreality of the physical seemingly physical problem that it's not that the the problem is never material, and um, it's taken some time. But with my working with my practitioner and the teachings here, it's getting so much clearer that I am spirit, and that the only thing, even if it hurts, which is the most difficult sometimes, it's still unreal because the problem is not material, and. When we, and then when we approach it that way, we're no better than the doctors because that's how they see a problem is material. And even though we apply spiritual means rather than a drug, we're still seeing it the same way. And when I realize that more and more, I, to be a Christianly scientific, we have to take it out of matter and see that it's an illusion has no reality, doesn't come from God, 
And so we're really dealing with nothing more than a, an illusion, a mental picture. And then we're working scientifically. But, uh, but if we're not doing that, then we're not being <clears throat> Christian scientists if we're seeing it as material problem. So I'm grateful that I'm making lots of progress in this area. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, often, you know, people come for help. That's the first thing they describe the physical condition they're having, and then they keep waiting to see <laughs> see it go away. And uh, there's no God in this. There's no God it really in this. Is God even mentioned in this watching point? No. It's two, two states of mind. One, where you're seeing the wrong condition, and then the second, where you're waiting to see the wrong condition leave. It's all about the wrong condition and your problem. There's no God in it at all. That was one thing. I think it was Mr. Evans used to say that. He said, where's God in any of this? You'd give, you'd give him a problem. He'd go on and on. And he'd say, well, where, where is God in this? And there was no God in it. You're so focused on what's wrong and so focused on when it's when is it going to leave that you've made a huge reality of it inadvertently, but you have. So what? You you went into explaining the right way, but the right way, yeah, is to. What do I need to know, Father? What do I what What do I need to change? How How can I get closer to you? First, seek His kingdom and His righteousness. First, seek those things, and then all everything else will be added unto you as a byproduct. Otherwise, you're denying God right from the beginning, right? I mean, he it says he made his this kingdom that we live in is harmonious. It says, our Father which art in heaven, our Father, Mother, God, all harmonious. So if we start off by making the error real, then it's right there we deny him. We deny his wholeness. Yes, thank you. Right, and we and and we have lost. <laughs> we have failed from, at the very beginning, because you cannot succeed from a human standpoint, can you? No. No. I was just thinking, you know, I, all of this. I, it has been things that I've had to learn being here, and one important thing is to know that. There, there is no going back to a former place. Even if you could get back there, you would just end up at this spot again, and you don't want that. <laughs> so, so it's better to go forward. And upward. Upward, yeah. And the watching point that says, you know, after you have had a healing, um, to know that, to know what? It never was real. Never happened, never happened in the first place. You erase what, like the number 10, you erase the, the one, then you have to erase the zero. <laughs> you have to get rid of the whole kit and caboodle. No, it was never the truth in the first place. Wipe it out. And this is being diligent in your metaphysics and not being sloppy in your metaphysics. Um, and today with our topic on unreality, because um, it you know, it can be tricky because we, we talk about error being unreal and yet 
it's all around and <laughs> seeming seeming to be all around. So we're going to learn how to really handle it correctly and properly and prove its unreality, not by ignoring it, not by um, saying it doesn't exist, uh, but facing the bull with the horn, so to speak, and then proving it, proving its unreality, which is this is Eddie's intention. She want to say something? Okay. All right, Jeremy, would you read the golden text? Romans. Now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. Thank you. So, and this is, goes back to what we were talking about. This is an awakening process from an illusion, right? Not the truth. Not the truth. So we awaken from the illusion. And when we do that, how wonderful it is. Quite lovely. So, and before we go any farther, there was one more thing I wanted to mention. Um, recently, and I know in our watches we have been talking about uh, the, the what I call the nameless nothing. Because it's trying to make some kind of a comeback. So, I I read just the other day that the numbers of it are going down. They're going down. And I do feel it's because we have slammed it hard and fast, proving it's nothingness. And I read this at our membership meeting the other night, but I'm going to read it again now because it's very important. And it's something that Nancy found from a 1917 Sentinel, No Contagion and Evil by Gertrude Sutton. Every one of us can help in freeing our brothers for it is written, 1,000 shall flee at the rebuke of one. A thousand shadows can be dispelled at the shining of one ray of light. Every time we deny and declare the truth, every time we meekly pray for the mind to be in us, which was also in Christ Jesus, every time we destroy an ugly little nettle of hatred and plant a flower of love in our thought, we are helping to bring about our universal salvation, helping to break the bondage for some brother, helping to prove through our understanding of spiritual law that good alone can be transmitted from one to another. Very beautiful. And it's what our church should be about and what each one of us should be about in doing this. So, yes. Florence, did you want to say something? No, I wasn't saying anything. Oh. All right. So just remember, staying awake. Um, Harriet sent a beautiful article, you know, talking about the, the dreams we have in, in sleep and how those dreams can seem so real. Um, but then she likened it to a daydream. You know, when you have a dream in sleep, you wake up and say, oh, my gosh, that's great. It was only a dream. Thank goodness it wasn't true. So he said, wouldn't it be good if we did that with these daydreams? They're not true. We're, we don't have to accept them. And if we do it quickly enough, we won't have to accept them. The daydreams that aren't of God, that don't express his, his loveliness and beauty and reality and health and holiness, those, um, those are not true. And they are dreams. And many people, Mrs. Eddy says, what the world is asleep, dreaming away the hours. Don't be one of them. And all of these mortal beliefs that seem to 
come at us, influence us, you know, every day. That's why Mrs. Eddy refers to them as the Adam dream. It is a dream. And we, you know, and if we can, if we can waken ourselves during the daytime <laughs> to see the Adam dream and distinguish that from God's reality, that's a huge thing. That is a huge step. That is putting on the whole armor of God. Which is what we are going to talk about today. Um, the lesson had a lot as well about firmament. And the firmament is what? Spiritual, Spiritual understanding. understanding. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's And she refers to it as the line of demarcation between the real and the unreal, between truth and error. It is the it is the spiritual sense that enables us to distinguish what is real from what is unreal. Most important in overcoming is you have to know what you're dealing with, you, you know, um, or it can kind of sneak past you. So. Ephesians 6, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, both Karen and Carrie from California <laughs> sent me the whole armor of God, which an article by Reverend Kratzer, which I'm going to start with part of it because it kind of lays the foundation on this discussion. Kratzer says, and Kratzer, Reverend Kratzer knew this because he was one who was excommunicated and had to face these things and overcome them, which he did. In order to comprehend the lesson of this passage, and that's to put on the whole armor of God, it is necessary for us to have a clear understanding of what is meant by the devil, evil. The devil or evil is the supposed mind or intelligence apart from, from or opposed to God. God is spirit, is eternal and perfect. The real universe is like him, spiritual, eternal and perfect. But mortals have always believed that there is a universe, including man, which is material, temporal, and imperfect. The excuse me, catastrophe, poverty, sin, sickness, death are real. The whole body of mortal thought, mortal mind, which entertains this belief in its various phases, is itself the supposed mind or intelligence opposed to God. And this false belief, taken as whole, is evil, the devil. This supposed mind has in reality no existence or power. The devil is a liar who abides not in the truth because there is no truth in him. Mortal mind lies about everything that God has made. It is therefore the prince of liars. So long as we dwell in this false consciousness, we are subject to its ills. 
St. Paul truly says that our sicknesses and other troubles do not spring from flesh and blood from our bodies, but they come from principalities, powers, from the rulers of darkness of this world, from the spiritual wickedness in high places. From these proceed the fiery darts of the wicked and the wiles of the devil, evil thought influences, which are manifest in our bodies as diseases and in our business affairs as perplexity or disaster. These principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world are segregations of false belief and mortal mind, such as materialism, hypnotism, spiritism, occultism, hatred, malice, envy, jealousy, revenge, doubt, discouragement, and fear. He goes on, but that's enough. But the point being, it's all mortal mind. It's all animal magnetism. It is not of God. Therefore, it has no power unless you give it the power. And as, as I love to quote Christ Jesus when he spoke to Pilate, Pilate says, I have power over you. And Christ Jesus' reply was, you have no power over me unless it be given to you by God. So you question these things that come to you saying they have any power because they don't, whatever it says. But we have to be strong. We can't be wishy-washy. You can't fool around with it. So we put on the whole armor of God. Now, there's a wonderful um, article on our website that Bob in Colorado gave us a while ago and I would suggest you all study it this week it's don't forget to anoint the shield and the author's unknown I have taught from it before and it's wonderful and today some of it might be in here but I'm I'm mainly going to speak about notes and other things I've taken through the years about the armor of God so for we wrestle not against flesh, blood, principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So it's, it's animal magnetism coming to us for life. And it appears to be all over. And also, I found this kind of interesting. I read recently, I won't give the false government a name, but it has and it is using... AI to spread lies. It, it, it's, a, it's a way to spread lies. We know it was done in Nazi Germany. And, and it's certainly being done here, and probably not just one government, but many. They spread lies, and they try to fool you with AI, which is what, Jeremy? <laughs> More to mind, supercharged. <laughs> <laughs> just well. dumber, quicker. <laughs> Number quicker, right? Puts out things that are downright lies. Yeah, there's a lot of noise out there, and we see it too. I'm sure everybody's getting spam like I am, texts yes. and emails and everything. Just a lot of noise. You've got to have your spiritual sense going all the time. <laughs> yes, you do. So this is great. It gives you a chance to really exercise. Yes, exercise your spiritual sense and know what the truth from the false. All right. So, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. And that whole armor you know, has been described as the nature and likeness of Christ Jesus. Because he had it on all the time, right? Yeah. Completely. 
and and I love it because you know it's from the top of your head to the bottom of your toes. Anyway, so be able to um, let's see. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. So, what does that mean? All the knowledge you know of God and Christian Science and yourself, and when you use it, just wait for more to whatever you need. God will give you, and win. Also, it could mean the protective, the <clears throat> the allness of God. Knowing the allness of God is is your armor, and the nothingness of evil is that's your armor. And you're not going to let it push you around. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. When this crap comes at you, it's not going to be able to push you around if you recognize it as not of God and of not having any power. Go ahead, Chardell. It's stand. And it talks first about, you know, be quiet, listen. And be still. Then you can possess. Then after that, you stand firm for what comes to you. I like that. Yes, thank you. Thank you. And what, what Craig said, too, this is what we've been taught here. You All, all that you know, all that you, how you've been working, having to done, done all, having done all, then you stand. You don't equivocate. You don't squirm around. You don't back off. You don't give it an inch. You stand with what you know. Don't budge. Very important. And we also standing because we know that we are at one with God, the all power that there is, our inseparability from this power. We have to know this. And that That, helps. That and that that is the key to it, because otherwise if you're standing there by yourself, you'll definitely get knocked over. You know. Who who are you to defy the army of the living God? How dare you? Who are you to do that? You stand with God. That is how and the only way you stand. Thank you very much, Florence. Um, But we can work and work and work and pray and pray and pray. But then, having done all, just stand with what you know. Having done all. It's kind of like the Hebrew boys, you know, when they were brought before the king, they... So help them, God. They were going to stand. Thank you. You don't necessarily know. You don't. You can't technically know the outcome, but you stand. Thank you. You have some trust, though, because you know what you're standing with. All power comes from God. All power is God. So if I'm knowing that I'm that's oneness with Him, then. You know, the power is here. It's right here now. I can do something. Thank you. I remember you told me, you said uh, I had an issue, and you said when it ceases to, it will cease when it ceases to bless. Well, and that's true, because if it's going on, it means you've got you've got things to learn, and you you need to learn them, and, and it will till you finally say, the hell you say, I've had enough. I've had enough. You're not doing this to me. And believe me, if it doesn't come one way, it'll come as another. You can't think, oh, if this would only go, I'd be fine. Uh-uh, it'll be there. You can count on it. I know. 
<laughs> It'll try you any way it can. So the first thing we put on are the loins, loins girt about with truth. Now, reading about all this stuff, the, the loins, it, it's like a big belt covers your midsection. This is what the Romans wore. And they were one of the fiercest warriors there were. Big belt all around you, covering you as a, as a protection. And what is that protection? It is the truth. It is what you know. That's what Craig was saying. The truth. And with the truth, you filter out what is not true. So if God says you, he loves you and it's all over the Bible and you're indulging this thought, well, I, he doesn't love me. Nobody loves me. I'm poor, poor me. I'm just a miserable soul. Well, what the heck? You don't have your, you don't have your, your belt on with truth. What the heck is that all about? And why do this? And why study all this and then don't believe any of it? Come on. <laughs> Get with the program. <laughs> Reminds me in the chosen what the the zealot always wears that leather. Yes, the zealot. That's yeah. right. Wow. That's what he wore. And in in some of the explanations, they'll say, "Well, what is that covering you? You know, a lot of your vitals there." Um, and and if if anything got past there, it wouldn't be so good. So make sure. I don't think it's not sneaky. We all get sucked in from time to time, but. Boy, we just have to have those red flags going, right? You do. Yes, you do. All right, and that's why we have to stay awake, mentally <laughs> awake. Right? Yeah, because, yeah, you know, the, 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 the devil, the, the, the liar, it, it seems anyway, is always trying to nip at your heel. And it's trying to trip you up and keep you from growing, keep you from doing what God wants you to do. And you have to be alert to it. And if you are alert to it, you swat it out and it, and it disappears into what Mrs. Eddy refers to as its native nothingness. But we have to prove it and we have to prove it every day. And once it knows that you mean business, well, then it doesn't come back so often. <laughs> yeah, it's really true. Yeah. It gets less and less. What, what, once, once it knows that you know that you're onto it, it doesn't have any inroads. Mrs. E Mrs. Evans used to uh, tell us to. Learn, learn what our Achilles heels are. What, what, what is your weak spot? Where's the door that, that these false beliefs, the devil, whatever you want to call it, what's the door that it can sneak into? And if you're aware of your, your weak spots, you can shore them up. You can work at it. I can't tell you how many times we'd have to go around the classroom and stand up and tell us, tell everybody what your weak spot was. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you know, like perhaps like pleasing people is a weak spot. 
any any form of dishonesty is a weak spot. You know, these people who are spreading lies, um, people, whatever, animal magnetism, so-called governments, uh, honesty is spiritual power. Dishonesty is human weakness, which forfeits divine help. So you can just know they have forfeited divine help. They have no help from the Father, Mother, God. And that's true of you, too. When you start getting squirmy and not speaking the truth, it'll try you. It will. And you better you better be honest. Honesty is most important. And that is standing with the truth. That's having this belt girded on you. The truth. And sometimes it can be relative when you're coming out of things. Maybe what you think isn't the best thing. But at least you're being truthful. You know, you start where you're you're coming from. Don't make lies. Don't pretend you're doing more than you are or thinking better than you do. <laughs> Just be honest. Say, I don't get it. I can't do it. I, whatever. Be honest on a relative level. And then from that level, you can grow and become honest on a spiritual level, on truth with a T. But you have to start somewhere. And sometimes with Christian scientists, when they think they always have to present themselves perfectly and say the truth, they are not telling the truth about the lie, as Mrs. Eddy says. You've got to start with that so you can change yourself and get rid of it and grow from there. Otherwise, it's, it is. You're, you're being dishonest with yourself, with others, and certainly, well, you can never be dishonest with God because he always knows what, what's in your heart. Well, in Galatians, before it talks about the fruit of the Spirit, it has that list of, of things you don't want to be. One of them is emulations. You know, you, and I just take that to mean you're not, we're not supposed to emulate Jesus or a practitioner or anybody. We're just supposed to be ourselves. Thank you. And try to progress in that way, not in a fake way. Not in a <laughs> so. fake way. you got to progress within yourself. Only then can God help you and reach you. So, and we have all these truths. This is why we study the lesson. This is why we do all that we do. These truths from the Bible. When I read so many times this week where Mrs. Eddy says, study the Bible, study the Bible, know the Bible. Then our science and health. Know the Sermon on the Mount. Know the truth. Because when you know the truth, you can tell the counterfeit, can't you? And you will not be deceived by it. And it will protect, will protect you. Um, another one of the commentaries brought out in this, girt about with the truth. Um, in your relationships, you know, make sure that the people that you are have relationships with are are good and honest people. Uh, especially when it's someone that you're going to marry or or spend a lot of time with. That doesn't mean um, we we don't help people that need help, but it's it's good to have a, a good, truthful, honest relationship because that can be very damaging if you live with someone who's are exposed to people that are not truthful. Honesty is very important. Truth with a capital T. And ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Uta, could you mute your side unless you're going to speak, please? Yeah, we're picking up noise. Thank you. Yeah, well, 
makes me think of what Christ Jesus said about, you know, where two or three are gathered in his name, there I will be. If two or three are gathered in the other way, <laughs> on, in, under error's banner, then that's where error's going to be. And that's not what you want either. That's true. And, you know, the Bible is full of these comments about staying, keeping yourself separate, right? Separate. Mm-hmm. Come out from the material world and be separate. This is Eddie says. Um, it's, it's important. And that doesn't mean you don't pray and love everyone. But you've got to protect. But you don't have everyone in your suit. Yeah, that's what we were taught. Not not everyone in your suit. So, do you want to say something? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to give you that impression. No, that's okay. All right, so anyone else want to add to that about our our truth? It's so important. Have your truth right there. Yeah. And sometimes you need to make sure someone's trying to tell you that you have a issue or a problem about something that you listen. Because I've had a couple of times where someone has said something and they helped me overcome something I shouldn't be having. And I uh, was very grateful for their honesty. Yes. Again, that's right. And that you do lovingly. We don't go around looking for people's faults and that sort of thing. But if it comes to you that something needs correcting um, from God, then you can do it and know it will be well received and not resisted. Because that's not a good thing for the person who resists. No, because the question, who is telling of a foe in ambush, Hmm. better you better be able to answer, yes, I am. <laughs> if you see the foe in ambush yeah. trying to trying to jump on one of your loved ones or anybody, there is an answer of love to help wake them up. So this truth is operating in us all the time, um, working within us. That's why we go over the definition of God in the glossary. Truth, one of the synonyms, is with us all the time operating, and it should be. And that will that will help you discern. The truth helps you dis- discern between the real and the so-called unreal. Most definitely it will. Okay, but then, I- the breastplate of righteousness. So what is that like? Mary? Oh, okay. Uh, you go okay, is there? Let me go ahead. Well, what you're saying about the truth is so, so important because the spiritual discernment is what um, I feel I uh, gained when I was faced with the idea of this COVID that wanted to say it was back in my life, you know. And when we are able to listen to God, no, this is the lie that's going on, but also to see why it's the lie. And that's what I think is the difference between Christian science and a lot of this new age uh, business Thank you very much. Yes, yes. And and it truly, remember, this is a lie, and that's why I do call it the nameless nothing. I mean, what if you were in a laboratory and said, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invent something and throw it out to the world to screw everybody up? I mean, wouldn't you be a little indignant about that? I mean, wouldn't you say the hell you say? Wouldn't you say, how, you do, how do you defy the armies of the living God? I mean, come on, yes. We're not going to let this just fall all over us, and we're just going to fall down before it. 
We don't have to. We've got God's work to do. And that must be done. And thank you. There's only only one creator, really, and he created only good. That's why I love uh, Eustace's. If if jams are, then it's a good jam, right? I made it a good germ. Thank you. Absolutely. Only good. The germ of God. The germ of God. Yes, it's a wonderful, Mm -hmm. another article on our website. It's wonderful that we have these truths to turn to. So now we have the breastplate of righteousness. And they describe the breastplate. Where does that go? Covers your chest. Your heart. Covers yep. your heart. Your heart. Your lungs. Uh-huh. Yeah, as well. Yep. Covers it. Protects it. And it, it's uh-huh. what is it that does it? It's it's righteousness. That all are all the good we've done in our time here. Mm-hmm. It's good to think back on those and to uh, you know, make sure we're not stagnant. I mean, he's still doing good. But to, to think about yeah, the great steps we've made as a group and individually over the years. Thank you. Years. Thank you. Because Era would like to just tell you all the bad things you did yeah. and what a failure you are. But even that, if you listen to that, well, who's responsible if you listen? You don't listen to it. And if you care more about the cause and others, you're not going to listen to it. It's self-indulgence as a Christian scientist. And I know this is easier said than done, but done it must be. But it really- I think, too, part of the breastplate is the examining, like, the heart. You know, the motives, aims, the desires, all should be of the most pure motive. And if you're thinking that way to just make sure that you're always coming from a place of wanting to do God's will, that is your protection um, because doing his will is, yeah, protects us. Thank you. That's very good. That's good. That's, that gets to the heart of it because what is righteousness anyway? It's doing, thinking what is right. The will of God. Yeah. And if it's if it's right with God, then it's right. If it's not right with God, it's not right. Yep, and and that's so true. Your motives, your aims, all of those things. That's why we go over the rule rule for motives and acts every day. We should be thinking about that. Neither animosity nor mere personal attachment. Our heart's desire should be to please God. This protects you from heart disease. It protects you from lung disease. What are you what are you breathing in? What are you what are you looking at during the day? What things on the internet? What what do you take into your your being? Is it pure and good and lovely? Is it from from God or are you breathing in a lot of garbage? And then what do you breathe out? Are you loving to others or do you like to pick fights with people and cause problems even after being here for so many years? That's not helpful. He says, 
is truth overcoming error in your daily walk? And she says that in science and health and daily. So if we are seeing these, like you're saying, seeing the right things and doing the right things, and, <clears throat> and we're going to really have something to stand on and uh, have a strong breastplate. Thank you. And protecting, see, all your vital organs are being protected. And and there's, you know, an analogy with this, too. When you have various problems with things in your body, you might think about this. Have you protected yourself with the armor daily? Or have you neglected it? Are you unaware of things you're taking in, untruths you're accepting? Very important that we are aware. Yes, and this... So you breathe in his will every day and breathe out falsities. Um, keep your heart with all diligence. Check your motives. Make sure you are loving. And even when you have to rebuke and speak to someone, it's out of love that you do it. If you find you're getting too revved up about the whole thing, then you you want to make a reality of it. It's not a reality. So I've also found that the daily prayer, I, I've seen recently how very, very short, but boy, it, it really, in fact, I've added to the, let may thy word enrich the affections of all mankind and govern them. I've added that very thing to, to um, may thy word enrich, enlighten, inspire the thoughts, aims, motives, aspirations of all mankind and govern them. I've added that. It, it's just that prayer suddenly just had more power, more as short as it is. It's, I've added that too, and it's just helped me so much to see all mankind as being governed by honest motives. And it's, um, Anyway, that's helped me. Thank you. Good. The three daily duties are so incredibly important. They are treatments, totally treatments for everything. They cover it all. It's another daily armor to say it. That's why we do it. I mean, I'm going through this, but there are many other things that we as Christian scientists do to protect our thought and should be doing it daily. They're called daily duties for a reason. <laughs> I didn't even know them before I came here. So the so breast opportunities all day long to use them in the grocery store when you're driving. Yes. You're just seeing God's creation out there, knowing that his truth is reaching the heart of all mankind. Thank you. Yes, very much. That's a, such a deep and beautiful prayer for all mankind. I mean, that one sentence, and may his word enrich the affections of all mankind and govern them. That in itself is so beautiful and powerful. Yeah. So, so make sure you know what righteousness is and that you're following it, the Sermon on the Mount, the commandments, all those things, and that you live it. You're breathing it in and breathing it out to others. <clears throat> and that will keep your breastplate on and it will preserve all, all your organs, keep them in good running condition. They're, they're God God given anyway. Um, and then feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So 
I always thought this was about, well, just, you know, going out and spreading the word or something. But I'd read an interesting commentary that was was very, very good. Not sure where it was, but it started off with the, the what the Roman soldiers wear. And it's very good footwear, boots. Some of it's metal. That's true of that breastplate, too. It's metal. It's very strong and impenetrable. So these boots, and they said the boots were largely responsible for why the Romans did so well as, as warriors. Their boots were so solid and strong, no slipping and squirming around. But it brings out that peace. You have to know who you are. This is what Florence says a lot. You've got to know who you are as God's child. Your oneness with God. You have to know this. This is what brings peace. And this is when you get confronted with error, the wiles of the devil, you're not going to fall over backwards. You're going to say the hell you say, because you know who you are. You've got to know who you are. If you don't know who you are, then you go home and you make sure you know who you are before you leave out. You are God's child. And you should act like it. You should be it. And that's the peace. The peace knowing that brings will keep you from getting knocked over. Your feet will be grounded and rooted in love. You will not be slippering here, there, and everywhere. Someone tells you you're ugly, <laughs> you won't be impressed. <laughs> Whatever anybody tells you. Whatever error tells you. But if you don't know who you are, you're going to go home and cry for three days, which is what I used to do. Got to know who you are in order to have that sense of peace. It's wonderful. Sure-footed. I like that. Sure-footed, yes. <laughs> then you're anxious for nothing. And then you will bring peace to others because of your peace. Have you ever been with anyone that's peaceful? You might be wringing your hands and and this other person just comes in the room and exudes peace, not all upset and excited about everything because he knows who he is as God's child. And mainly he knows who God is, who God is. So you can face problems with this deep inner peace and you're not going to be squirming around here, there and everywhere. Again, Jesus, right? I mean, it's so wonderful. So anyway. wonderful. Yeah, that we like to talk about the chosen and how he come in these worst situations and have such peace. You know, yeah. all the people around him and he told everybody arguing and giving him a hard time. He told his disciples, to all sit down. What? <laughs> I mean, oh, goodness. Beautiful. And so then... The last in this lesson anyway is is the shield of faith above all the shield of faith wherewith you are able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and that shield of faith of those shields were full body okay covered your whole body and and the Roman soldiers could make walls with those shields if they'd all kneeled down with their shields up it was impenetrable. And the fiery darts of the wicked, they're, well, I've read two things. Once they were anointed with oil, so they're lubricated, or they're drenched with water, so the fiery darts can't get them to burn. There's no igniting of it. And that's the inner peace. Again, it cannot reach you. 
You've got that shield. And when it's trying to attack others, we form a big wall of protection against each other to protect each other. Impenetrable. Wonderful. All God-given. And all because we know who and what we are. So, and faith now is more important than anything. So Nancy wrote something beautiful about faith. Nancy? Um, Go ahead and read it. Okay, so um, to shield is to cover from danger, to protect, to defend. Faith is to trust. And in this case, it is what deflects the attacks of the enemy. The other parts of the armor will protect the soldier, but the strongest defense is the shield, for it actually protects the rest of the armor. I loved that. The shield of faith also counters the criticism of blind faith, because shields are purposeful instruments, not walls to hide behind. Shields, by their nature, are meant to be used with strategy, awareness, and cooperation. A protective barrier between us and the schemes of Satan. When we believe God and take him at his word, we remain grounded in truth. The lies of the enemy lose their power, and we become overcomers. In that way, faith is our shield. And Christ disciples who have on the shield and fight the fight of faith and this is above all to be taken as being the most useful part of the christian armor or with all with the rest this is to be taken and by no means to be neglected and it is to be used in all in every temptation of satan in every conflict with that enemy or any other and I love Miss, where Mrs. Eddy says in prose works, good thoughts are an impervious armor. Clad therewith, you are completely shielded from the attacks of era of every sort. So by having faith and wholeheartedly trusting in God, infinite good, staying grounded in the truth and holding our thoughts steadfastly, omnipotence of God, we are able to, with the shield of faith, defeat the, lo- defeat the lies of mortal mind and taking away its supposed power, defeating an overcoming era of every sort. Beautiful. Thank you, Nancy. This wonderful selections. That faith, a firm belief of God's testimony and of the truth of the gospel. Do you believe it? Do you have a firm faith in it? And again, in, in The Chosen, over and over, your, your faith is beautiful. He was looking for people with faith. So you can have all of this armor on, but if you don't believe, if you don't have any faith in God, whoops. All right? So got to have that faith. And if you don't have it, get it. Okay? Get these things. They're available to you, ever-presently available to you. Don't waste it. And faith is what is required to be obedient to that still small voice when it tells you what to do and what not to do. And when you are obedient to that still small voice, then you begin to understand. That's why faith comes first and understand and and obedience comes first. 
and understanding comes as a result. Yes, and and this faith, you know, this is why Mrs. Eddy had the book Watches Prayers Arguments. All of these are shields, they're they're statements of truth, protection. It's what we do. And you know, one of the fiery darts of the of the wicked was to say that that well, we had it this week, I believe. Christian scientists must work daily to annul the prayers of the unrighteous. Those who unrighteously pray that Christian science prayers cannot heal the sick. Okay, now, whoops, <laughs> that's a little bit of a fiery, fiery dart. A fiery dart, yes. So we work and annul it and destroy it, and we can because we have all the power of God behind us. So. Um, Gary's going to end on something beautiful by Mrs. Eddy. This is from Miscellaneous Writings, page 114. Teachers must conform strictly to the rules of divine science announced in the Bible and their textbook, Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures. They must themselves practice and teach others to practice the Hebrew Decalogue, the Sermon on the Mount, and the understanding and enunciation of these according to Christ. They must always have on armor and resist the foe within and without. They cannot arm too thoroughly against original sin, appearing in its myriad forms, passion, appetites, hatred, revenge, and all the etc. of evil. Christian scientists cannot watch too sedulously or bar their doors too closely, or pray to God too fervently for deliverance from the claims of evil. Thus doing, scientists will silence evil suggestions, uncover their methods, and stop their hidden influence upon the lives of mortals. Rest assured that God in his wisdom will test all mankind on all questions. And then, if found faithful, he will deliver us from temptation and show us the powerlessness of evil, even its utter nothingness. Mary Baker Eddy. Thank you all for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.